Welcome to Sister Hack. Do you crave candid conversation? And are you curious about how others deal with the details of work, home, family, and everything in between? Well, sisters Hannah and Rachel have conversations about the unspoken dynamics that drive our everyday lives. And we have more in common than you think. So when you listen to Sister Hack, you too can share hacks and laughs that help make this convoluted life a little funnier and a little more clear. So now introducing Hannah and Rachel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our May episode of Sister Hack. We have a good one on uh, the docket for you today. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rachel, Hannah's kid sister. <laughs> I like when people say kid sister. We're actually, kid I don't think we've ever specified. We are two and a half years apart, I believe. Or two years and two months. I think it's three years. Because I'm How old 33. Are you? I'm 33. Okay, yeah, I'm 30. Okay, we're three years and two months. Anyway, yeah. I was a senior when I was a freshman, if that helps at all. If that helps, we go by the grade levels here. We go by grade levels. <laughs> we're entrenched in the academia culture yeah academic calendars we both work at colleges anyways thank you for listening um may is a good time just to lighten it up and just to you know we made it through winter to all of my midwest listeners we trudged through fake spring like spring is not spring is not that's what i'll say there we (laughs) we had snow mid-April and that happens every year and every year you think it's not going to happen but it does you get snow on the daffodils and you're angry at everything so anyway we made it through in Texas you're what's happy about Texas right now Texas is beautiful in the spring we are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum we're like oh good like keep it out of the 90s for as long as possible I'll say the downside is the allergies (laughs) Yeah, allergies. Yeah, I've been struggling. I got a neti pot. Um, maybe did I talk about this before? I just feel like I've been telling everybody about it. Got a neti pot. Got some um, bee-related throat spray. Things along. That, you that. might need to explain a neti pot. It kind of sounds like drugs. Yeah, you put it in your nose in one nostril, and then it makes its way through the nasal cavity without dipping into the throat, and just sends a hot, salty stream through the nasal cavity, emptying, emptying out the remnants of the allergens. Uh, you have really to lean. You have to lean over a sink and do kind of like a very precise pour. Hannah sent me and our mom a video, and it was fascinating. It's almost like those commercials that are like take a deep breath your yes. show will resume in 30 minutes or 30 seconds Hannah pouring the neti pot in her nose is like a 30 second meditation. yeah you gotta kind of check out like mentally because if you <laughs> think about what you're doing you'll start to choke <laughs> you know it brings me back to the time you had me do the nose Frida on Jono when I was a baby and um oh, okay. You didn't make me. I wanted to try it, but yeah, let's not get into that. Let's keep it light. We're going to keep it light. Okay. (laughs) Google knows Frida. Okay. So I want to talk to you about this episode. We're talking about uh, humor. We really put humor on a pedestal, you and I, and our family in general, and it's important. Um, I think people are recognizing it and our guest today does a great job of that. Um, But one of the things that he talked 
talks about in humor as being an easy entryway to using humor to build relationships is self-deprecation, knowing oneself. Mm -hmm. And so given that fact, Rachel, I'd like you to dig deep and tell me as a 30-year-old woman, Mm -hmm. something that you should know how to do or that you should be good at but you're not and conversely Mm -hmm. because we're positive something that you're actually extraordinarily good at perfect um like me normally who has a lot of self-confidence I could come up with a lot of things I was really (laughs) at and really struggled with the things I was bad at but I do have a couple um let's start with the bad I'll do my bad then you do your bad so I actually have two things for what I'm bad at Um, And this, I'm contributing to a national aluminum shortage crisis, and that is that I'm good at saving my cans and bottles, but I am bad at actually getting them to the bottle return. We have hundreds of cans and bottles in our garage, and I need to get them to the bottle return. Not good at that. Another thing that I'm not good at and it doesn't buy me any favors. This does not buy me any favors. And I don't know if it's necessarily like a skill or talent, but it's very obvious and known to many people in my life that I'm not a dog person. Like I don't even, I can't, I, I can't even, I don't even pet a dog, let alone like pretend like I want to give him a noogie and woogie woogie wuzzy wuzzy whatever people do to dogs I'm not a dog person and I'm not good at hiding it and I have many reasons but I don't want to turn off our listeners thank you everyone for loving dogs they need your love too that's a weakness of mine what are yours what I've learned just to comment on the dog thing is like you the best thing you can do is get in your mind that that is that person's baby and you love that person so you're going to support that person's love for the dog Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you support their love for the dog by loving the dog yourself. <laughs> totally. And that's, that's you that you love the dog. Yeah. I'm happy I to love that, that you love your dog. It's so sweet. And I'm so glad that you bring each other joy. Um, personally, I'm going to, I'm going to bow out of this relationship. <laughs> A bow wow. I'm going to bow wow right on. I'm going to bow wow in this relationship. I'm going to put my tail between my legs and I'm going to away and I'm gonna let you get up at 5 a.m to let them out in the cold and clean up their hair yeah Uh okay Okay. so for me I don't really love to learn like a new complex skill I love to learn but like a new skill is hard and something that's actually old that I should have learned a long time ago but I'm not very good at is excel Yeah, don't put that on your resume. Sometimes I do. It's like I can do the Microsoft thing. And I with enough time, I can figure out anything in Excel. But let me tell you, the it's if it takes me five minutes to figure out how to like make the row replicate itself or not replicate itself, I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do Excel. And then I get I think you would be fine if you spent some time, but you're yeah. You could figure it out. I take the time to really learn because it's not really a big part of my job, um, but sometimes that is people's preferred method of um, organization. Yeah, and they they want to like send it over to me, and I'm like, eh, good. 
I could teach you a couple of tricks on there. I'm probably not great at it either, but filter, filter is life. The filter, do you know how to filter on Excel? I know how to filter on Instagram. Okay, never mind. Um, okay, so let's talk about things we're good at. Now here we okay. go on and on. I <laughs> do, I tried to come up with things I hadn't talked about on the podcast before. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of those things is wrapping presents. I'm oh. on another level. I'm I'm a tear up. I'm I'm a tear up from the general public when it comes to wrapping presents. I'm a tear down. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> We're talking positives here. See, that's funny. You're being self-deprecated. Um, but you're right. But I also always have to bring it back to me. So right now I'm going to praise you for your wrapping skills and they are immaculate. Like the, the, the things that you do with the fingers and how you know the exact amount of paper to cut. It's just, it's very impressive. It's bringing a lot of my skills into one, just kind of eyeing, making things look nice, hand-eye mm -hmm. hand coordination and just a little flare like yeah let me make a tassel out of yarn and just fasten this to the middle and totally zhuzh it up okay what zhuzh it up. you know that you use the term zhuzh it up for when you did my kids rooms and now Ava says it all the time she's like and Chachi did a little zhuzh it up zhuzh it up my room I love that <laughs> so that really stuck ah oh, that's so sweet for me what something that I like to brag about is uh, my ability, you know, to quickly get from one place to another to fit a lot of things in a day. And I can do, um, so Barton Springs, one of the pools that I swim at, they've closed their locker rooms for COVID. So I can do a poolside transition from goggle swim cap look to a 90% um, presentable for work look in a matter of five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good self-awareness, the 90%, just knowing, yeah, I don't think I've ever I can't quite get the 100, 100%. but honestly, I'm never 100, so like 100 yeah, is not like, either. 100 is like maybe a wedding for me, like when do I get to 100? Mm -hmm. We save so much time in our fast getting ready in our life. Oh. I just have never spent more than 10 minutes outside of a shower. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Connie Dumay. When we were in high school, she gave me a hot tip and that was wear a t-shirt every day. And then if you do dress up, people are going to think you look very nice um, because you don't have the bar high. And so I, I kind of have taken that. I don't wear a t-shirt every day, but I do a minimal, minimal get ready. And then if I add one extra thing, like an eyeliner, it's like, whoa. Hey girl. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So that's a little bit about, that's a little bit about self-awareness and how to be aware of oneself in order to properly lay a foundation slash launch pad for jokes. Exactly. And that's what we're going to get into with Sean. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Okay. Here we are with our friend, Sean Richards. Well, I use the term our loosely. Hannah said, she doesn't know him very well, but she's eager still to interview him. But Sean is a good friend of mine from college at Concordia, Texas. Say hi, Sean. You're on mute. Hello. Oh. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, you weren't expecting I... such a great, yeah. Anyway, hello, Sean's here. And we are going to talk to you. 
we're going to talk to Sean about looking on the light, light side of life, how to invite humor into your serious world. And so we, we were talking about um, this topic and kind of brainstorming people. And Sean is just a funny guy. And I even read a few of your tweets to sell you to Hannah. I was like, here's a few of Sean's tweets. Um, he's a funny guy. How would you, Sean lives in Austin, Texas. And how would you describe what keeps you busy, Sean? Uh, so comedy doesn't pay the bills. So by <laughs> trade, I uh, work with an online booking solution called Campground Booking. It's for campgrounds booking um, <laughs> in RVs. So it's, you know, real creative title. We really worked at it, uh, you know, really pitched it. But then, so I uh, work for that. Well, now I work for Camping World. It's officially, I can say that on the airwaves. Um, but campground booking powered by Camping World. Now, on top of that, I also teach part-time with Hannah. Uh, not with Hannah, but as a colleague of uh, Hannah, Dr. Meineke. Uh, is, am I saying the last name right? <laughs> yeah, good job. I, I'd rather I'd rather pomp and circumstance. Go. I want to make a good oh. first impression here. Okay. Doctor yeah. Yeah. Hannah. Wow. Uh, Go ahead with the doctor then. Yeah. Um, you got it. Well, uh, so I I am an adjunct for communication business at Concordia, um, and then I guess technically I can say as a paid gig I have been the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company as Michael Scott for the Paramount Theater Austin in their socially distant office themed uh, murder mystery tour. So yeah, how did that happen? Uh, those are my trade. He uh, my sister, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, you've had some big accolades in the last week at playing the role of Michael Scott was one and you loosely mentioned that you now work for Camping World, AKA um, the, the business Sean works for was bought, which is a huge deal camping world and he's adding to the accolades joining us on sister hack i just keep getting this is honestly the biggest accolade though i mean i want to be clear sitting here on this conversation hannah i don't know if you remember this this is full circle you were on our radio show at concordia when chachi and i were but young you know wide-eyed students at that fine university running a uh Thrive I don't know how you'd say three times a week. So. Oh, Thrive Weekly. I do remember uh, mediocre that. at best. Yes, you, she had to get up so yeah. early, um, which was great for her. You know, I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say 8.15 a.m. is early, but I also wouldn't say that it's late. You, you felt it, though. I remember you were like, <laughs> yes, I can't believe I, I, I do this. So I would trudge through the paths to campus to do a radio show, yeah, three times a week. And we had a solid... 10, 10 listeners and we did it for them, you know, but yeah, Sean and I, I'm pretty sure it was my mom on like three different devices. <laughs> yeah, your mom on three devices, Hannah, our friend Meredith, and maybe a couple others. Anyways, um, I just want to, I mentioned your Twitter. So let me just read a couple of your tweets lately that I thought were particularly funny. Okay. So this is Sean, Sean K. Richards. He's pretty, he, this is like totally pumping his, Pumping air into his tires right now. He's thrilled. But oh man, this is going to give me the wind in my sails for the next yes, 18 he, years. He tweeted, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, except dairy. I probably can't do that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, 
a little bit blasphemous, but you know what? All, all humor is. Um, who needs personality when you can just buy an air fryer? <laughs> I thought that was funny too. Um, and and around around Super Bowl time, if my fiance left me for Tom Brady, I'd honestly understand. Understand. In fact, I'd almost be upset if she didn't. <laughs> So, and that's a big, that's a big part of Sean's life right now too, which we're going to talk about just a little bit is he's an engaged man to an awesome fiance, Angela. We have a couple of questions. No ring, but yeah. Yeah, no, no ring, ring for yet. the men. Yeah. You know, at graduation, so my, my colleagues and I, we were trying to figure out if a couple that walked together was engaged or married and, you know, you can determine it by whether or not the female is wearing the ring. So we, we determined uh, engaged. Um, that's. That's a good observation. Yeah, it was, you know, it was getting a little boring standing up there. So we were really digging into <laughs> each of the graduates. <laughs> um, Tom, we have a section on Absolutely. our podcast. It's called uh, Hack Yes and Hack No. Um, and so today, Ooh. as we talk about humor, we want to offer you the chance um, to speak up on the hack yeses and hack no's of landing a joke. Heck yes. All right, so if you agree, Ooh, hack yes. yes. If you disagree, hack no. You can explain, elaborate if you'd like to, or you can just say it. All right, so hack okay. yes or hack no. People will give you credit for trying. Heck no. Uh, I think people only give you credit if you land the joke. Uh, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of times because there are a lot of comedians, there are a lot of artists who try. And if you know them, you're, I mean like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you this asterisk. If you know them, you're always going to be supportive because you're a terrible friend if you're not. But if it's a stranger and you go to an open open mic night or you know, you're mm. literally at someone's play or art show, or whatever, and if it's not very good and they're like starting out and they're kind of finding their way, your thoughts aren't like, well, good for them. They really tried. Although if you do, like you're a fantastic human being. But my guess is more often than that, you're like, that wasn't that great. And so I think like, A for effort is a, is a great mantra. I think artists who have been through, like have bombed in comedy or have bombed in any element are more likely to be gracious and say, I've been there, I get it. But for the most part, I think the average viewer is probably not, uh, not real, offering a lot of solidarity there. Mm. Okay, good. Now, I never really elaborate on the hack yeses and hack noes, but I have to say, does your answer change if it's in, in an informal setting as in not in a comedic setting, like in a classroom, for example? Oh, yeah. Heck yes. Sorry. Uh, yes. If it's in a, if it's in a comedic classroom and like, again, I think it's like, the, I learned early on, Hannah, I mean, like you're a teacher. And so I think you can probably validate this one way or another, but I learned early on the rules don't apply as much if you're funny and like they still apply they just don't apply as much like you can get away with a little bit more if you land the joke and so there was kind of like a trial by error but again if the joke doesn't land and you just have this kid that is like this self-crowned class clown but they're really just obnoxious well then they're just everyone they're on everyone's um can i say crap crap list yeah yeah you, can say, crap. yeah you can say crap you, can you say can't crap. say you can't say shut up yeah, you can't say anything beyond that. <laughs> All right, uh, okay. hack yes or hack no. Timing is more important than crowd. 
Hmm. I'd say heck yes, because timing is really the, yeah. I mean, comedy at its core is, yeah, at its core, like comedy is the misdirect, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's ironic because if you think about like things that you can't rewatch, you can't rewatch a magic act and you can't rewatch a stand up act. I mean, you can, like, and you can appreciate the artistry in it. But in terms of like that initial surprise, like if once you've seen the magic trick and you see where it's going, like it's no longer this mesmerizing thing. Or once you see or you hear a joke, it's like you can still find it funny and it might have some like residual like laughter to it. But at the the end of the day, the the timing is still what makes a joke worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. a crowd can absolutely enhance that experience. Like, I mean, we were, when I was Michael Scott and we were doing this like walking tour, we had uh, 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 groups of 30 and then we had like groups of four. And the groups of 30 could sometimes be duds, but at the same time, like if I was landing the jokes and they were in on it, it was the, this amplified effect where everyone starts kind of chiming in. So, sorry, I'm probably like giving you more than the heck. No, this is good. I, 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 good. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you that you're putting it in the formal comedic setting because I, I don't really consider that as much. And I really like that. Okay. Hack yes or hack no. If you have to think twice about it, it's probably not a good joke. Heck yes. <laughs> I think, the, well, so here's my, here's my philosophy. I don't ever want anyone to feel like they are getting picked on. Like I want them to feel like they're in on the joke. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the filter I run th- for me, like comedy should be comforting. In my opinion, there's others who feel like comedy, the, I could be really pretentious here and try to pretend that I know more than I do and say like, oh, it's a mirror to hold up to society and all that nonsense. But what I think at its core, I think God designed humor to be a coping mechanism and a form Mm. of comfort. And so for me, I've just never enjoyed picking on people or comedy that could in any way be interpreted. Like I love self-deprecating humor and the people I gravitate to the most are people who are silly and compassionate same time mm. i think like my favorite comedians all exhibit that trait whether it's you know steve carell or steve martin honestly i think chachi is absolutely one of my favorite comedians from that because she represents mm-hmm. both i agree and compassion and i think that's just a, it's an enduring quality like i think if if someone can in any way take it the wrong way that's the last thing i want and so there have been a lot of times where i'm like oh, i think this is hilarious and i have a tweet that i've drafted up and i'm like you know and i'll run it i'll run it by someone and the fact that I have to run it by someone is usually indicative that eh, I probably shouldn't be out. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last one. Hack yes or hack no. Humor is underused in most social scenarios. Heck yes. I think people need to laugh more. I mean, like the the thing I've also learned early on is people are going to laugh at you no matter what. You might as well join in on it. Like, and I, I think that there's, there's so much opportunity to lighten the mood, to, to, again, going back to connecting with people and providing comfort. Uh, half the time, we just, especially, and we've had a hard year, year and a half, and and things are tense. Like, I, I think especially as we start getting back into more and more social situations and people are back saying, like, we need to inject a lot of levity in, into this because life is hard and you don't need to make it harder. Love that. Inject levity with the vaccine nod. <laughs> oh that takes uh-huh. the hashtag away uh-huh. oh um no that is sean sean did tell me and i'll never forget and i i might have mentioned that i can live off a good compliment for a few uh months in this case years but one time he told me i was one of the funniest females 
that he knew. And wow, did that just keep me going for I think I said funniest person. Whoa. Because oh. I would say you're one of the funniest people I know. Wow. Thank you, Sean. Well, maybe that was maybe it was the non-PC um version a few years ago and now it's person. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I might've been antiquated in my thinking, but I, I stand by it. Like I, I've always genuinely, I, I have belly laughed from Chachi on a number of occasions. Where, like I, you are, you are honestly ever vested in your comedy. Like I try way harder than you ever have to, just to amount to any shred of, of oh a chuckle. Word. And this like is... Chachi just like exudes wow. humor. Thank and I can only so imagine, much. I not so secretly want to be adopted by Pat and Tammy so that I can be <laughs> part of this, this fairy dynamic here. I know it's a little late. I know I'm 30 going on 31 here, but Pat and Tammy, if you're listening, I would like they to uh, put in my application and uh, be a part of the They don't the, have the enough kids in their early 30s. <laughs> yeah, they have. <laughs> okay, so Sean, can you tell us a little bit about how does your humor manifest and if you have any inspirations in your jokes he's mentioned a few where do those come from yeah well I, I think I we were joking about this earlier like I am the youngest by far and I think that when you're competing in a with a big family as you guys grew up with a big family you just in order to like be heard you kind of have to be a squeaky wheel but i learned like you obviously calibrate that and it's like well i get better attention when i make them laugh and so that was mm -hmm. out of a sense of connection and a sense of like neediness for attention like there's a uh, y'all remember i mean attention's a big driver y'all remember the movie hook uh with robin williams mm. um sure <laughs> Okay. We're not big movies. It's a great film. Wait, I don't know any movies. <laughs> That's fair. That's if fair. It's well, not Hook is a classic. Trap, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I would recommend putting Hook on your watch list. It's on okay. Netflix. It's Robin Williams at its best, and Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell in it. And it's basically if, if Peter Pan grew up and oh, went back okay. to Neverland as the premise. So it's very interesting. But there's a scene where Tinkerbell pretends to be dead so everyone will clap for her and bring her back to life. And I really resonate with that. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Um, and so I think that was like me growing up of like that neediness for attention somewhere along the way. And I think continually still along the way, the Lord is, he is you know, refining and hopefully sanctifying the parts that are just Sean's narcissism and replacing it with more Jesus. But still, it's an ongoing process. Um, and that definitely drives me. My fiance, like she intentionally will not laugh at a lot of the things I say just to keep me humble. And I appreciate Oh, that's that. actually really, really good. And I appreciate her for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you of your, like we were all friends in college and we were a tough crowd for you, but I feel oh, like you kind of liked it. Like, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Cause when I got y'all to laugh, I knew I got you to laugh. Like it was, it was earned and that was the most <laughs> satisfying reward. Well, speaking of your fiance, Sean, you're in the process of planning a wedding. And have there been any funny moments worth sharing along the way? Yes, actually. Um, I had a feeling. So, well, yeah, first of all, shout out to uh, Angela for, I mean, she is a go-getter with a planner. And uh, she's like pretty much got, she like, okay, well, the day we got engaged or that was like the very next day, I said, sweetheart, I want to see your Excel sheets. I know you have them. 
and she's like oh what and then she like pops open this tab on her computer it's already like all these thoughts and these notes and these different vendors and and i'm like of course you have them i knew it i knew they were there because this woman that. is probably the most type a person i've ever met and anyone who spent five minutes with me can already tell like i am not that and so i think in many ways the good lord decided to bring together uh opposites to to try to really just try to help get me to grow up a little bit faster but um with that so she's been on the plan now we went to see one of our first venues early on i want to backtrack this a little bit so in front of my house like maybe the day or two before we went to the venue like i I didn't notice this until i like my buddy came over there was a, a dead possum and it wasn't plain possum it was literally just dead and it was like right on like on our front like not quite our front porch, but our front garden bed. And I didn't notice until like it was dark. And then he's like, dude, what's with the dead possum? I'm like what? I go out and surely, and like we grabbed a stick and poked it. And this thing was dead. And so nonetheless, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. All right, well, he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And I should have had a red flag then in there. Um, I was like, oh, thanks, man, cool. And so he like proceeds to take care of it. And uh, then keep in mind, I have a, a truck and it wasn't until the next day that I take Angela to the wedding venue. I get out the car and we, and she walks around and she goes, what is that? And front of the, the uh, wedding hosts or the venue hosts. Uh, and then I realized I knew immediately that son of a gun put a possum in my truck and it was there in the bed in the of my bed. truck. And and I was like, babe, you just got to keep it together right now. Like, we just got to get through this moment without blowing our cover. I will figure out. And so then, like, we, we got through it. And the, the host like, you guys okay? Like, oh, she's just nervous. Like, big day, you know, wedding jitters and all that. And uh, we get through it. And then we, like, find a dumpster somewhere. And I, like, find a pizza box and had to take care of the, the possum. It was disgusting. Yeah, so you and use that. that was our first impression. That's a big concern for me. How did you pick up the possum not to get off track? You use the pizza box. I'm not gonna lie to you, Chachi. It's one of the grossest things. I don't um, want to know. Yes, I don't I actually want to know. I grabbed the pizza box and yep, I'll just leave it at that. I'll let you guys I'm sure she was not pleased um, in that moment, Angela. No, and I was texting my friends and I was like, you guys Very I mad. will come for you. That was not and, on the Excel sheet. And they know <laughs> it was not on the Excel sheet, Hannah. Is Absolutely. There, is there anything with wedding planning that you think is funny, like from a groom's perspective or a male perspective that you think is particularly like, wait, this is funny. This is weird or this is funny. I always, I always wonder about that because I do yeah. think primarily brides have more of an idea of what they want a wedding to look like. I, yes, I, for me, it's like, I would be perfectly content if we just eloped or if we went the yeah. like a destination kind of a deal. And Angela, obviously she has, as by her tabs on her Excel, she has a <laughs> very particular vision of what she'd like to see. And, and, you know, I, I, I love that for her and I want to celebrate that. Uh, but there've been a lot of times where I'm like, I don't like, who cares what, what color this is or who cares? Like, if yeah. like the flowers, I think flowers are the funniest thing to me. I'm like, they're gonna die. 
they're literally gonna die in the next day and you're spending how much on them it doesn't make any sense i'm like well, why don't we just like i don't know anything about aesthetic but why don't we just get some like ribbons or some fake flowers or something and we'll just call it a day uh, but um that is i don't know why don't we just get some le leftover like christmas wreaths or something i feel like that's fine that's probably fine i don't know i don't know for a september wedding i think flowers yes. flowers are fine absolutely Flowers are funny. They um, are funny, right? We and Hannah and I were talking about funny people a little bit. Funny people are typically people that know themselves well and are comfortable embracing their own idiosyncrasies. Would you agree with this definition of funny people? Is there anything you would adjust? I, I think that's a that's a really strong, strong place to start it. I, I think that what's funny is when when you met me uh I was probably just then figuring out what my personality was because I feel like I was the awkward kid in middle school I was the awkward kid in high school and I was still the awkward kid in college and it wasn't until like maybe that junior senior year of college I was like I think this is who I am like I think I've got a rain on this a little bit and then the rest of my 20s was just a blast and I was like okay yeah. cool and um but I think feel like you guys were, were catching me right in that transition yeah. Um, and so, yes, I, I think that there was once I kind of, I was real, and I, I think plenty of people would say I still am really obnoxious, but I was even more obnoxious back then. And I remember like, have y'all ever seen any of those apps? I don't remember what it is with the one with the dinosaur, like time hop. I think we can go back and see like your old tweets yeah. and old oh, yeah. like, posts. That is, that is cringe city. <laughs> see some of the stuff that I wrote years ago and I literally one day like I just issued an apology like an open letter apology to everyone like thanks for putting up with me I am so sorry uh <laughs> that was like that was the worst um and so yes I think there's a lot of truth to that I, I think again like with anything there is I mean I, I believe like we are you know sinner saint right like I think that we're God is redeeming all of us to to look the way that he designed it and at the same time like i'm still struggling with this depravity in me to where there's a lot of time at my best when 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 i'm really my heart is anchored to to who jesus is then yes like i think my humor is at a place that i genuinely want to connect and i want to bring comfort and i want to empathize with people at its worst it's just a, a means for self uh gratification and just my own like narcissist or or i'd say just insecurity honestly of like mm -hmm. i needing this affirmation from a from a cheap source and so it's one of those things again like i i, I hope that and i'm confident that as time goes on i'll get a better handle on but um yeah i would say self-confidence but also insecurity drives a lot of that yeah. need to be funny what are your what are a couple of your idiosyncrasies you think that you point out the most in your jokes um, I, I, so I think I make a lot of jokes about like appearance. I mean, like, so here's yeah. the irony and it is pretty funny. Uh, so my brothers are both like over six, two, they're like six, three full heads of hair. Uh, they tan, they got all the Italian genes. Um, my sister's tall, like she's like five, nine, like you, I think you've met her, Chachi. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like she honestly looks like you guys, like she, like it, it could just be a carbon copy in some ways, but, um, <laughs> So it's still funny, like, just seeing, status. still trying, Pat and Tammy, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but it's it's ironic that, like, they have all this genetic, like, opportunity um, that I feel like they, you know, probably squandered. My brother's more so squandered <laughs> in some ways, where I'm like, I'm 
five seven on a good day. I'm really five six and three quarters. Um, <laughs> I'm, I was bald, bald by my senior year of high school, and I, I, I'm not. I can't tan. I'm actually cellophane. Like this is trans. In the sunlight, you can see my organs, and uh, like I'm just excited that Angela and I will hopefully have kids that won't look like Ziploc bags. And I think that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but yes, I think that yeah, a lot you of my do. I know, I didn't want to point it out, but I would say you do that too. Oh man, that's hilarious. I was trying to look for some of your um, tweets on that in particular. And actually I found a couple more funny ones. And this one really made me laugh. Two years ago, my five-year-old niece down low too slow and it still kind of gets me if I'm being honest <laughs> that wasn't about appearance I just thought that was funny but anyways families man those nieces so Sean one of my pet peeves is when people imply that men are in general funnier than women which you obviously have not done that when you talk about chach but no, have you so heard sweet. this and you know why do you think that is and what do we need to change in society to change this idea well, first of all, it's just flat garbage for people to say it because when I think about some of the funniest comics minds of all time, how can you not think of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and, yeah. you know, like Kristen Wiig? And I mean, like, it's just, there have been so many women that have just done it better, but because we've lived in this historically patriarchal culture that only celebrates honestly, the white man uh, being being most predominant, I think we've missed out on a lot of truly just amazing, I mean, think about Mindy Kaling. I mean, like, what a, what a success, like mm -hmm. a woman of color writing for The Office and writing some of the funniest episodes that have ever come out of that show and going on to have an incredible career. I mean, like, I think that stuff like that often gets overshadowed just because we've had, I, I think it's, I think people intent, like innately have a good desire to appreciate something funny when they see it. I think sometimes they just, we haven't done a good job of advertising where the source of that funny really is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been, been missed in a lot of areas where again, it's like, I I probably was victim to this at you know early on, but I've seen so many hilarious women to say like, it shouldn't even be a category. Like it's just be, are you funny or not? And I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of men who, who wish they could have the level of, humor and intellect that a lot of these ladies possess and uh yeah i agree it's it's total total garbage for anyone to say that um and i think it just stems from from honestly just ignorance and i yeah. hopefully like now we're, we're teaching people like there's a there's a lot of opportunity to see people from different backgrounds and and you know different gender than man being awesome yeah. I like what you say about that, you, that we don't advertise where the source of that funny is coming from. Because my initial thought was, well, this has to come from, like you said before, power dynamics in, for example, the workplace and how, you know, generally um, women who have maybe the lower paying or the more subservient job don't feel as comfortable in sharing their humor um, because they have to act a certain way or, or something along those lines sure. but I like what you're saying about um the fact that it is out there it just not recognized necessarily yeah and I think it's getting better I, I mean I, I hope it's getting better at least mm -hmm. I, I think that we're starting to see hey you know maybe the funniest guys in the world are not just Will Ferrell and although I think Will Ferrell is hilarious he's one uh, of them. Yeah. maybe there's yeah he's, he's definitely up there but maybe <laughs> there's other 
comedic minds at play here. And I think that part of that is just, I mean, the same way that like, if you look at the music industry like for a while, it was like to get anywhere you had to be on a record label. And now a TikToker can just like put their stuff up on Spotify mm-hmm. out of their basement and they can blow up to be a top 40 chart topping mm-hmm. song. And so, I mean, I think there's a lot of decentralization of where talent is coming from a lot of different ways to find that. So it's awesome because it truly has become, I think comedically, musically, any kind of artistic medium has become more and more of an meritocracy. And obviously there's definitely plenty of room to grow and improve. Um, and we do need to take, we need to be vigilant to identify uh, people who have not had the opportunity to be at that level, who deserve to be at that level. And, but at the same time, I think that there are so many more channels now to where you're gonna actually see the most talented people rise to the top. Mm, love that. I think in general too, when like now we're seeing women being able to embrace their, how we talked about idiosyncrasies or just shortcomings more as men have been in, I mean, this is a generalization, but have been better at for a longer period of time. And there's just like more grace in women recognizing their shortcomings and sharing those that lead some elements of humor, which I think is helpful too, to all of this. I agree with that. 100%. Hey, Sean, our last section is where we offer our audience tips or hacks as we call them. And so I'm gonna give them to you all at once because they're all kind of related to each other. And then you can just kind of pick which ones um, you really have hacks for. So the overall hack is for using humor to strengthen relationships and then maybe with close friends, with work friends, significant Mm -hmm. others, potential friends or strangers, just in general, are there specific ways in which we can use humor to make a friend or to strengthen a friendship? I think the easiest starting block is self-deprecation. Not, and not like in a sense of, I mean, I think C.S. Lewis said it best, like humility is not thinking of your, less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like having like a, a proper understanding that it's all right, don't take yourself too seriously, be able to like identify where your shortcomings or your idiosyncrasies or flaws are and, you know, make light of it. And I think like that is the quickest way to get people endeared to you. And they know that because again, like it goes comedy the people that I find funniest are, are silly and compassionate, but it's also the people that, that, that feel safe. And so, mm-hmm. yes, there are comedians that obviously can go to a dark place and they're funny for different reasons. But I, I think that overall, generally, people are going to gravitate towards someone that they feel like, oh, they're not attacking me. They're not, I'm not like, they're not on the war path. Like this is, it starts with them being able to make fun of themselves first. And as a result, it's like, okay, this is a state person that when they're teasing you, you know they're teasing you because they're teasing themselves. And so I think as a result, it, 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 it immediately creates trust. Um, and so I would say the easiest thing, if for anyone who wants to just add a little bit of humor into their, their daily interactions is start by making fun of yourself. Not like, not, you know, not in a way that's gonna tear yourself down or, or be mm-hmm. like over the top ridiculous, but in a way that's gonna be playful, can keep the mood light and just keep going. And I think the other thing is, is don't take it, don't take it to heart when people you love rid you back, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times that's a form of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, hey, like, I, like for me, like my dynamic is, I mean, a part of growing up in a big family is I'm, I feel like you guys can definitely relate to this of that's how you know that you're loved is when someone just like, you know, in a playful way rips into you. For um, sure. And all, 
all my favorite people and I've had to learn like, okay, not everyone understands that. And so maybe you got to dial it back a little bit, but mm -hmm. uh, I think like there's nothing more fun for me than when someone I love is giving me a hard time and I'm mm -hmm. able to give them a hard time. And like, to me, that's just, that's, that's beautiful. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I have one practical example of how someone can do this. Um, like if they know something that they're sharing is a long word or a long name um, or, or something that they hear. So like for instance, I had a friend tell me about her hobby with jujitsu and said, oh, God bless you. <laughs> I think that's so funny when there's a long word or a long name and you're like, oh, God bless I love it. <laughs> that's, that's a classic. I'm going to tuck that also, one away. Yeah, definitely log that one away. Yeah. Chach is also nice. the queen of puns. Um, yeah, puns are as good. I'm sure has been evident and I, I love a good dad joke as much as the next one oh too. good and dad like, joke here's the way I you gotta you gotta throw them in there and people are always gonna roll their eyes at it but you know what they still appreciate it they love it day. even if it's the worst joke in the world they love that you made the joke they may they give hate you the credit joke for trying like, credit for trying and they give you, know you, you know what I stand corrected Heck yes, they give you credit for trying, Hannah. You have turned my opinion around on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think, and I think the other thing is, again, like comedy is, there's the punchline is just misdirection. Like you think the joke is going one way and what makes it funny is you're surprised yes. it did not Ooh. go the way you thought it would. Ooh. And so I think trying to play with that in general and figure out, hey, what are some ways that you can inject pauses or uh, like silly phrasing into like a statement? So, you know, for instance, uh, if we were to break down like hey I, you know for me saying like hey i don't want i could have just said i don't want my kids to be as white as me but the fact that i use cellophane bag or like ziploc right. bag is like your brain would never go there and so yeah. i think again just trying to think what is the most ridiculous thing that's not like inappropriate that i can yes. throw in to use as an adjective that's almost always going to get some kind of a chuckle or a laugh i love that I, you know what i want to um also say that sometimes it's what everyone else is thinking too but they didn't say it so like for example yesterday yeah. I don't know if you were at the end of the year parties uh for Concordia but they're like okay these are the years of service um 20 years this person is 20 years this person is 25 years you're gonna get a little something in your direct deposit on your next check or something and they're like okay and now we're gonna recognize um years in ministry and they're like 10 years 15 years they're like you can come pick something up from HR. I was like, they're not getting anything in their direct deposit. <laughs> okay, that is going to be totally different than the years of service at Concordia. I agree. So, you know, those kinds I of things. I love that. Um, yeah. You just got to rip that band-aid. Yeah, you know, it, yeah and say I, it out loud. Also, I, actually, I think impressions go a long way. Oh, yeah. Oh, a, we are, yeah. We're... Too, like, again and it's like imitation sincerest form of flattery and so it's, it goes back to like hey when you can pick on each other you know you have good camaraderie but I think it's the same time too like when it's someone you love and you just like figure out a way to impersonate them and inject that and kind of tease them back a little bit hey mm -hmm. so I, I am waiting for the day when someone does a good impression of me because I would be just giddy I would be just the giddiest little schoolboy in the world um cool. and uh I, I just think it's, it's just like a, it's a pat on the back <laughs> agree with you Sean well, we're gonna we're gonna end with some puns here Hannah are we you yes. know you talked about us 
being pun masters and we try to pull a couple hashtags at the end of our episodes based on things you shared with us. So I'll start us off. Um, we all know anyone who's ever planned a wedding or been near to someone planning a wedding, that wedding planning is hard. Uh, but throw a possum in the mix and wedding planning is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's you good. know, I'm going to throw this way back to um, when you and Rach uh, first brought me to campus. And here at CTX, our mascot is the tornado. But together, you guys were the tornadoes. <laughs> tornado radio? Yeah. That's good. I love it. I, I love it. That's really good. good. Um, and Sean, you talked about how important compassion and connection are to your funny philosophy. And so you could also call that compassion and connection. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I have a couple more related to the wedding. Uh, the first one is uh, you know, it has to do with the, the traditional, what the bride usually wears is a veil. So um, Angela is going to unveil the spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> unveil the spreadsheets. That's good. And then finally, um, I would like, she's the best. She's more, you know, kind of interested in what the flowers look like, but you're not. Maybe she should go to Aesthetics Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I think that adds up. I have a pun as well. I but am very certain. I am very certain I'd like to be part of Pat and Tammy's family. So. Oh, mic drop, baby. Well, thanks for joining us Done. today, Sean, and for helping give us some um, tips for living life on the lighter side. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Chach and, and Hannah. I appreciate you guys uh, fulfilling, honestly, the greatest highlight of my April. And wow. uh, jumping with you guys. It's, Hopefully it's the wedding is in May. <laughs> the wedding's in November, so I'm in the clear. <laughs> like I am, I am good. Um, no, uh, you guys are fantastic. Always fun to listen, and uh, you know, super fun to be here. So thank you so much. Yeah, this was great. I need to go take my computer and to get this, the crack in the screen fixed. Made it. Thanks for listening to Sister Hack. For podcast news and updates and some awesome pictures, be sure to follow Hannah and Rachel on Instagram by following at Sister Hack Podcast.